Hey, how's everybody doing? Another episode of Wine and Jesus. Uh, it's Gio and Jen tonight. It is not Bachelor Night, unfortunately, for Jen, but. And I'm sad. What is Friday? Woo woo! New Music Friday. It's my favorite day of the week for that reason. New Music Friday. Pentatonix had a new album out today. Pretty excited about it. Oh, is this a new one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're pretty amazing. I actually don't mind the Pentatonics because they're like, they make their own stuff. Well, I mean, they do a lot of redo other people's stuff. No, they make their own, literally make their own music versus oh, like using their, electronic. They use their voices you know, yeah, as yeah, yeah. the instruments. Yeah. Like DJ Snake can do the same thing with a computer, but I like it when it's like, you know, more classical sounding. They make me wish that I had like an ounce of their talent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm glad that everybody else is singing along and like worship at church because if I was by myself, I would, oh, I'd be embarrassed singing out there. I know it's funny because like somehow when you're singing in the crowd at church, like everybody's voices sound fabulous. Oh, like yeah. you don't like hear any of like the tone deafness that would be if you were like singing in your car or in your shower. <laughs> Why is that? Do you oh, think man. like it's because we're in the Lord's house that like you just your voice is just gonna sound fabulous? <laughs> nope, I'm pretty confident that I'm being drowned out by everyone else. That's why I do it. Yeah, that's true. Now you're being drowned out by the mask. Oh. So that's gonna be a weird thing when we look back in like five years, and Mateo's gonna be a little bit older and be like, "Why is everybody in masks in all these videos?" <laughs> 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 we'll have to explain the era of 2020 to him. So I'm a little disappointed with New Music Friday as well. It is my favorite day of the week yes. because of I love music. I really identify with music. What? And it makes me feel happy. But since becoming stronger and more mature in my faith, I tend to get more disappointed by certain <laughs> lyrical choices like, okay, Cardi B's WAP song. What is worship and praise? Yeah, that's what it should be. Um, and then, okay, so today I got really excited, for example, because The Pretty Reckless has a new album out. Who, who's the lead singer Pretty Reckless? So she was Cindy Lou Who in, um, what is it, The Grinch? Is that right? Yeah. The Jim Carrey, The Grinch. Yeah, Jim Carrey's Grinch, the so little girl. Cindy Lou Who, cute little Cindy Lou Who, grew up to be a, a B.A. rock star, and she's awesome, and I you love her. You can say her. bad on, on the mic, it's fine. Badass. Oh. oh she's not bad, she's really awesome. <laughs> um, like, really talented, and I love her stuff, but then this album really bummed me out, because it's like, Broomsticks is one of the songs' name, Witches Burn... Um, She's really I, going after a specific genre. Yeah, and I'm just like, I don't know. I was like, where are you going with this? Are you turning Wiccan? Yeah, I know that. I think she. I think there are artists out there that like are a persona of someone that they're really not. For example, uh, do you remember the Alice Cooper? He was like, like the a guy rock that star. painted his face. No, that's no, Kiss. That's Kiss. Alice Cooper was a rock star too. And he's now like a super hardcore Christian guy. I think a lot of times they just carry that persona as like part of their things. But yeah, you never know. And that's that's where I got into this whole music. And then I kind of incorporated dancing into it as well. Um, but yeah, what what does God think of music and dancing and all the different types there are? And is there a line that's good and then the rest are okay? And you know, like all that kind of stuff kind of intrigued me. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't think music is bad. It's talked about in the Bible many of times of people worship, like using music to worship. And mm-hmm. I think there's plenty of verses oh, I can pull up that can reference that. Yeah, like, like Psalms, for example. All of the Psalms are essentially like poems and things written for music. Um, a lot of them actually tell you before the chapter, like at the beginning of the chapter, it'll say like, you know, to be played on a harp or whatever. I don't know. So, yeah, this is like 10 verses, for example, like these, I think, are maybe the top 10 verses that this website's pulled out of song, like um, songs or where singing is referenced in the Bible. There's Psalm 68.6, Sing of Freedom, um, Psalm 89.1, Sing of God's Love. Psalm 132.9, sing of what God has done. So a lot of um, singing in Psalms. So I just said um, that. <laughs> Isaiah, sing a new song. 40, Isaiah 42.10, sing a new song. Um, Acts 16.25, sing in times of trouble. Colossians 3.16, sing with gratitude. Corinthians 14.15, sing with understanding. Ephesians 5:19 sing from the heart. Um I really like the one that says like sings of sing in times of trouble because that's really where I use music. I feel like like it's been really great whenever I'm having a more anxious day or I'm just kind of in a bad mood. If I listen to the right music, then it can really change the way that I was feeling or internal thoughts that I was having. It can kind of shift my focus. Does it have to be a certain genre for you or a certain like type of music to like be for certain moods? Or are you just kind of like open for... Because I know you have a very eclectic mix of... Mm-hmm. Like this chick, I'm telling you, like there's a random song on the... Like a commercial or the radio... And she's like, oh, yeah, and she starts singing to it. And I'm like, this is from, like, the 60s. How do you know this? And then she's like, my dad and my mom had records. And I'm like, what's a record? And then we start (laughs) fighting about what a CD is. I just, I don't know, I always grew up in, like, a household that always had music playing. And my mom liked country music. My dad liked old rock. And I grew up as a 90s child, so... That's definitely a a rock song right there. My mama was a country, my daddy was a rocker. I grew up in the 90s and watched Friends. That's so funny. Yeah, I just, I I have a very eclectic taste of music. I I totally get that. No, there, there are certain genres, like, where I guess by certain moods that I feel like, but if I'm really trying to change my mindset or change my mood, then my typical go-to genre is like folksy, like Lumineers, um, Mumford and Sons, old Mumford Mumford and Sons, I should say, um, <laughs> like that type of stuff, Head and Heart. Um, I like I like those types folksy, of musicians. Folksy, folksy. Yeah. I bet you really like Taylor Swift's new album. I do. Man. I love it so much. I love who she's becoming musically. Oh, gosh. Kanye so, doesn't know what he's talking about. So that kind of is where I like got into it, because I'm not as big into music as you, but it does seem to change a lot of moods and, and a lot of times pick you up if you you're down. You say you're not into music, but I just, that, I think it's false. Mm-hmm. I, I think you are super into music. You mm-hmm. dance and sing all of the time to music. And as well, soon as saying... you turn on music, you're in a way better mood. 
You're just, I'd rather listen to a podcast or a boring person talk. I'm not saying that I'm not a great singer and dancer. Don't get me wrong. Well, I know you did do Mr. GV from high school. <laughs> oh, side note. Do you remember when we went to Florida with your coworkers and somebody there was like, are you a professional dancer? And I was like, yep. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. That was really funny. She was like a 50-year-old like Karen, oh. but still, it was a compliment. So sorry to shift gears, though, but like you brought up dancing so like why is dancing bad in the bible like i guess i i never hear about mm. songs being bad in the bible and i do want to get back to that because i want to talk sure. about like if there's certain genres that dancing. maybe we shouldn't yeah but that does intrigue me why was dancing such like a taboo thing like it may it was so taboo that there's a movie after it footloose right like <laughs> and so something weird is somebody even said like the deacons at our church wouldn't allow dancing for somebody's for, wedding reception yeah for like a reception and we're not even like Pretty, a denomination, like, really. Yeah. So I don't understand. Like, why do certain Christian branches of Christianity mm. really distaste dancing? And yeah. this, this is a blanket statement for I think just human nature. But in my observation, it almost seems as though people that are trying to do right or do what they think God God thinks is right always tend to err on the side of like being overly whatever so for example like thou shalt not kill well that clearly means you shouldn't even make guns let alone own a gun right because if you shouldn't kill you shouldn't have a gun to protect yourself and i'm not like oh so they allude to like his dancing being like a gateway for like sexual (laughs) misconduct (laughs) yeah well here here's it yeah and that's kind of where i'm going but the bible even says like in Ecclesiastes, like three, four, it says a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Psalm one forty nine three. Oh, Let them praise Psalms, his name please. with dancing. <laughs> I think we've heard enough Psalms for today. But I mean, I'm just saying. So yes, there are many, many verses in the Bible that talk about dancing. Um, I think those that David danced in Second Samuel it says, and David danced before the Lord with all of his might. I think those that um, try to like go against or outlaw dancing in churches, at least, um, are just trying to err on the side of of uh, safety, which I think is very excessive. Um, I think most of the people that want to bar dancing probably don't know how to dance or um, hate it, and they're just they're just jealous of the people that can. They're jealous that I have moves and I they like don't. It. Yeah. I get it. No, but here, here's a here's a verse that I I will contrast with another one. Let's say, um, so here's erring on the side of caution. Here's a here's a cautionary tale in the book of Mark, chapter six. Ver, we'll start in verse twenty one. Um, it's just kind of in the middle of a story. They're talking about the king of the Jews at the time was Herod, and uh, it says finally an opportune time came that he could kill John the Baptist. On Herod's birthday, he gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and leading men of Galilee. Then the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, and Herodias was this other like aristocrat in, in Jerusalem. So the daughter of this, this lady danced, and she pleased Herod and her dinner guests so much that the king said, ask me for anything you want, and I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath. And... She said, give me John the Baptist's head. 
So he killed John the Baptist because this chica danced well for him. Now, if you want to get down and dirty into it, it's dark, I think dude. that's 2,000 years ago. That was their version of like a strip club. And then you get the guys in there and they're like throwing money at the girls. You can take all my money. Here, take my credit cards. Just Did don't tell my wife. exist back then? <laughs> <laughs> We're not stuck in the 80s, no. Um, but yeah, like that's the thing. Like that right there is like, whoa, dancing alone. Like, because all it said was she danced and pleased him. Now, we don't she need She pleased to- him, though. By her dancing is what it is indicating, at least. Yeah. So what that makes me think is like, yeah, there probably are bad forms of dance that are probably used to seduce people, namely men. I mean, Shakira could do that with her hips. Her hips do not lie. They didn't lie to me when I was a teenage boy, that's for sure. She ages really well, too. (laughs) Yeah, her and J-Lo, they can... Anyway. Like drinking from some like youth of fountain of youth. <laughs> fountain of butt youth. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so that that's just a cautionary tale. Now, obviously, like you were reading, there's a billion different ones where there's positive dancing. One of the cool ones is in Exodus, like one of the first books of the Bible. Um, Moses' sister, Miriam, she like leads a dance group of people to celebrate the victory that God just won for them over the over Pharaoh and his Egyptian cohorts, right? Mm-hmm. So she grabs some timbril, timbrils and and cymbals and they danced and sang and praised the Lord, you know that kind of thing. But clearly, like dancing can also be used at least in the in those stories at in in that time as a way of celebration and praising the Lord. It's Why not now? It's so interesting to me that people have to like hone in on how something could be used for the negative aspects of it instead of how it can be utilized for good. Like you can use your words for bad. You can persuade people to do things or say things or act in ways that they wouldn't normally just by speaking. So like what? You want to ban me from talking now too? That would be ideal. Oh, no. Ha, uh, ha, I get ha, it. Ha. Hypothetical, sorry. No. Um, but Yeah. I just think it's hypocritical. I think it's really funny. It it goes kind of with what we were saying in the last podcast episode about like why is one sin harsher than another sin and how can you say because this isn't a sin that you're repeating every day that it's okay or i just think it's funny people seem to rate a level of what's acceptable according to the lord in their own eyes instead of we could have a whole podcast on sin alone it's just so interesting to me (laughs) and then like so i don't remember the movie footloose i mean i loosely remember it so basically, like Kevin it, Bacon, it, it was a band. Dancing was banned, right? Like, because, is that normal? Do you know why though? Why? So I have not seen the movie. Did either. her hips not lie too? It was Shakira. No, <laughs> um, I didn't watch the movie. Full disclosure, but the the town is based upon the uh, like a very hardcore like Southern Baptist town, where it essentially like the Southern Baptist church was like a representation of the, t- or a town was representing that church because Southern, like Southern Baptists, and I'm not calling them out in any way. I love those, our brothers in them, but they don't like dancing in church, right? So they kind of set up the whole town as that version, like to kind of point out the hypocrisy of that, like, oh, so no dancing at all because why? And they made a movie out of that. You know, uh. movies are made as social commentary for the most part. And that was kind of pointing out like, hey, like you can't dance at all and why is that because you get joy out of it like you know they're kind of trying to call that out and i i think that's keen i think there's a point to where you you start getting mocking and and things like that in certain aspects of 
movies. But in this particular movie, I think it was a good to point that out. Like, really? Dancing? <laughs> Dancing? <laughs> Come on now. And it even came with a great song. It's so catchy. So, Are you going to play that song? No. Aww. So Job 2111, um, they send out their little boys like a flock and their children dance. I think that stood out to me because Mateo is so innocent. So like kids, their <laughs> initial reaction when they hear a song, no matter whether it's Lizzo, Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, or a good Christian yes. song. <laughs> he doesn't know the bad words. They will get up yet. and shake their booty. And yep. it is so adorable yep. how like that, he just is more worried about the rhythm and all that. But then so tying it back to like the lyrical part of it, like mm. what is what is really acceptable to listen to and what is not. Like I mean, I know my kids shouldn't be listening to WAP by Cardi B. Like I'm fully aware of that. The beat catches you though. But I mean they play it on the radio too, which is a little bit Which is insane. It, to wait, me. I think they like beep out the word or they call it some wet and gushy or something like that is what they call it. I instead. just think of those I just remember those. <laughs> it reminds fruit me gushers. of a gusher. Yes. <laughs> Dude from from like It's school. like we're the same mind. <laughs> Like I would like my friends would always come in to lunch with yeah. those, and I'd be like, "I'll trade you my banana that my mom gave me because she loves me and wants me to be healthy." I'm like, "I really want those gushers." Yeah, that song always reminds me of gushers when I hear it on the radio. But so like that is interesting though because you you hear these songs and they're catchy, and then you sing them, and like I I find myself singing it, and I don't mean to sing it, and I'm not How like does the song go, praising the song. I'm not going to sing it because oh. it's very inappropriate. It's, heard, of, it's just... It, I, I thought it was a janitor song because she talks about mops and buckets. <laughs> oh, man. Am I mistaken? Cardi B, Cardi B. Um, so, I, I, is it really... Am, am I sinning by continuously knowing that I am putting that type of, like, filth i'll call it into my brain even though it's really catchy and i really love it and i mean i think it's great <laughs> yeah so we, we once again once it's again, like the bachelor you need that raunchy tv <laughs> music sometimes yeah if you can watch like, the bachelor you need to dance and sing lizzo and shake your booty and scream why men great till they gotta be great oh whoop i right? just took a dna so like and mateo's so cute to that he like gets up oh, i don't know you should think it's so cute he gets up and sings and dances to it he knows all of it. I'm creating a monster. Hmm. But why is that bad? So And I know it's bad, and I know why it's bad, but I want to hear why it's not bad, maybe. Maybe you tell me why it's not bad. Alright, the positive side of it is I think our God is more graceful and forgiving than we usually give him credit for. Um of course, he doesn't like to see his children harming themselves. Um, and that's where you get into, is it harmful to you? Like, can you see any any visible or noticeable actions or behaviors in your life that have affected your day-to-day -day interactions with others or with yourself, or you're loving yourself, you know? So that's kind of where I get into it. It, are are these songs going to somehow affect my relationship with God or my heart towards others, right? And I think sometimes they do, especially those ones that, like, get in my ear and I wake up with, like, so, and, okay, so here's one, not bad at all, but Tones and I, Fly Away. Mm -hmm. I had a dream that someday, you know that song? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it was in my head for like nine days straight, couldn't get it out. As many times as I played it on the the phone or whatever, I just couldn't get it out of my head. And so I think there are certain earwig songs where it's just like, they the 
the rhythm and the beat and the words that repeat, they're meant to get stuck in your head. And I think sometimes those might sometimes partially influence you, but for the most part, I err on the side of non-footloose town side of things and say, enjoy yourself, don't let it affect your heart. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? No, I I, I agree because I I think music is uplifting and that type of music sometimes will put me in a good mood, like while I'm cleaning the house and stuff. Like I love to crank up some Lizzo Mm. and, and just... I mean, how do you not shake your booty when she's it's literally talking about shaking her booty? Motivating. Or, like, when I'm working out or something, you want, like, a good, uplifting track like that. And if there were more Christian artists that would maybe make some catchier tunes, then I would maybe have a full genre. But I feel like Christian music is very limited to... It's it's almost mm-hmm. more like that contemporary type music. Yep. Like you, you can have like a rock and roll spin on it, or you can have a folksy spin on it. But I mean, it's They're all, all the same. pretty much. And like, they use the same terminologies in all of them. And sometimes it can get if you listen to it the whole like every day all day, it can get a bit much. You sometimes need a little variety in yeah. there. Yeah. Right? So like I like like what Justin Bieber did, for example. Like he did that song um, "Holy," and then there was another song that he did that he spoke about Christianity mm-hmm. and too. Why don't more people do that? Like, it would be really cool if we could have some more I would love uplifting to see... lyrical messages with these tones that I so love to shake my booty to while I clean the house. <laughs> I would love to get into that because I'm calling out all those celebrities and rock stars and singers out there that are super famous and claim to be Christians and wear the Christian crosses on their necks and all these things. Where's your where? Why are your songs not matching? Why is your mouth writing checks that your butt can't cash? Or your soul can't cash, I should say. Got you. So, like, they're if you being claim to be a Christian, inappropriate, whereas at least, they, they're not yeah. even trying to, like, like you're bring not even people. Trying. You're, you're you talking should be about, utilizing your talent to bring people to the yeah. Lord. And when that you, doesn't mean get up and sing hallelujah yeah. every time, but, like... It doesn't mean you 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 have to sing about fornicating and, and your private parts... And wet and gushy. Wet, yeah, those fruit snacks. Bring a bucket and a mop. <laughs> For those fruit snacks. And the thing is, is like, they have to make it with like, the, the music behind it is just so catchy. And so then it's just like in your brain, like all the time. You just like wake up to it. And you're just like mm-hmm. singing it and you just can't get rid of it. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. So I now that we're getting away from the dancing, do you want to bring up any more dancing before we get into the sonic side of things? No. Okay, so dancing, we can both agree that twerking is completely holy, right? I cannot dance, so I don't care, but it is super adorable when Mateo does it, and if he wants to get up and shake his booty on stage at church, then whatever. That's what he did a couple weeks ago, (laughs) and it was so cute. I'm like, who's going to say something about this? (laughs) (laughs) And not in like a creepy Netflix cuties type way. No, he loves the worship music. It is really cute, and then he just, he looks at me every time we're there, and he, can I go up up there? And like, he'll point and look at me, and he'll walk a little closer, and he'll point, and he'll look, and he'll go a little closer, and eventually he'll just go up and start shaking it. I should add, this is youth group that he does this. It's not like our Sunday sermons <laughs> that like we allow him to go get up on Fred's stage. trying but... to like pull him off stage with a hook. <laughs> yeah, um, we volunteer for our church's youth group, and they do um, the music worship part at the beginning of each sermon as well, which is really awesome. And so Mateo really has a lot of fun with that. <laughs> He thinks he's the man. He really does. Only he. All right, so 
I always like to bring in some like weirdness to our discussions, right? Like you don't want to keep it too surface level with just song and dance, but I'm going to get in a little, little more like just briefly. I expect nothing else from you. Right. Exactly. We talked about giants one day. That was weird. All right. Learn all my weird stuff from you. First thing I'm going to bring up as far as this isn't necessarily song, but in the sixth book of the Bible, I think it is, um, is Joshua. And I'm going to read from the chapter six. This is when the, the Israelites came back after Moses out of Egypt and they're about to take back over the promised land. Joshua is leading him at this point. And it says, The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times. And the priests blowing the trumpets, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, and the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up and straight in. And then it tells the story of how they do this, and on the seventh day they all blow the horns, and all the men shout, and the wall tumbles. Now obviously, like most theologians would be like, God made a miracle happen, and da 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 And I know there's symbolism with the numbers, and what their actions, and what they're using, the horns. All these things can be sim- symbols of a reality of Christ later on. But I also think there's something cool there where, what if, this was literally like some kind of, they had some kind of knowledge of sonic technology, weaponry, whatever you want to call it. How did like, because it's talking about blowing horns and making noises and then the walls would collapse. Like the vibrations yes. caused the collapse. Yes. Who? Okay, so let me, I guess, back you up just a tad. Who is Joshua? What is his book about? Okay, so Moses, right? Moses led the 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 people out of Egypt um, into the Promised Land, right? Mm-hmm. And his his like aide, his second in command, if you will. Well, not really second in command because he had his brother and sister, but he was getting old, and he had it was his younger like protege. He was like eight hundred years by that point. <laughs> <laughs> it was his protege, and he's like, "Hey, Joshua, you're my next dude. I think you're going to be the one to lead the people into the Promised Land because." It took 40 years from when they left Egypt to when they actually entered the land. And so everybody of the first generation was dead. So Joshua is basically the next generation to lead the Israelites back into the promised land. Gotcha. He was he was a B.A., speaking okay. of B.A.s. So he's not like related to anybody or anything. He was just yeah, he Moses' was like, right-hand man. Yeah. And I think over. he was a half-Jew, okay. um, and his dad was some other race, but... And I haven't done enough research, but it's possible his his dad's like group of people were like a fierce fighting people, and that's maybe why he was also he was like super smart and super loyal and good, but he also had like a fighting spirit. So interesting stuff there. So it's Old Testament. Old Testament. So this whole this what they're talking about was talking about something that happened back then, not yes. something that was like a prophecy of the future. Yes, and Got what's it. interesting is we can call these stories in the Old Testament, but this is like they have found the arche- archaeological site of where Jericho was you'll hear about this the walls of jericho Uh and things like this that's what they're talking about and it's basically they found the site where they think the city of jericho was that joshua took down and they have evidence of the walls being crushed and they're like this one section where the person that helped the israelites out it was saved and it's this whole thing you can read into it but archaeology after after flood flood. okay um 
But archaeology backs up what the Bible says, and it's really interesting. That's interesting. So next up on the list, we get into Egypt, right? Okay. So where the Israelites had left from, we get into um, the pyramids, right? Okay. And we all are like, yeah, the pyramids were used to bury the dead kings, right? It's well, and like tombs. all of their riches. But then I think of like Indiana Jones and all of the booby traps and stuff that like they <laughs> yeah, have so and like booby the treasure that's hidden in there. And I read something not too long ago about oh, there was like something in the middle of one of the pyramids and somebody had discovered it through some sort of technology that they were able to um, like infra like what do you call that where you could see through certain X-ray? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they could like x-ray into it and it had something that they were I think you're reading my, my mind. Oh my gosh, is that what you've got pulled up? So that? I'm going to I'm going to pull up this video that I think is is super interesting. So, um, it's this archaeologist <laughs> an archaeologist who is doing a report on um, what they've discovered recently with the Great Pyramid of Giza. It's like the biggest pyramid, the I, you know, iconic when you see on all the photos and stuff. And after they've done more and more research and gotten into the chambers, they call it the King's Chamber and the Queen's Chamber. Here's an interesting tidbit. They've never found a mummified pharaoh inside of any of the pyramids. How would they know it they was have a valley. They have a valley of the kings. Well, it's, there's no dead bodies, I should say, in the pyramids. They found, quote-unquote, like, uh, sarcophagi where there's supposed to be a dead body in there, they think. Um, but th- you never find dead bodies in the pyramids. They, although everybody <laughs> says that they're used as burial chambers for the pharaohs and the high-up people. You never find... You have a valley of the kings where the pharaohs are buried, and you find all their mummies in there. But they're never in the pyramids. So why would they have these giant pyramids if you're not going to bury the pharaoh in them? They're so used then, for something else, right? Yes. Like storage and something else. And that's else. where you were getting into. Because the, I read that like the guy, the main prime minister, whatever you call it, of Egypt, what is their like main person? Is it the prime Do they have a prime minister? Oh, like their their director of antiquities, Zawi Hawass. He, he just got fired. Oh, he did. Because he declined, like, whatever it was to go in. What was it in the middle of the pyramid? So, the here's... I'm going to play a, a quick... It's just a minute okay. clip. But it'll give you a little so idea of what, maybe what, what the pyramids are going to talk about. It doesn't talk about Zawi Hawass, but I'll mention him in a second. Here's a, here's a quick clip of what they're talking about, though. Above the king's chamber, you have this column that runs up inside the pyramid, and what you have are beams that weigh 70 tons each, and there's 43 of them stacked on top of each other with a gap in between. Each beam is perfectly tuned to the F-sharp chord, 438 cycles. They know that because NASA has taken a sound generator inside the king's chamber, and when they go up to the frequency spectrum, the beams will start to vibrate when they hit F-sharp. Wow. Now, why is that noteworthy? The frequency of the Earth is F-sharp chord, 438 cycles. Everything has a frequency, and you're probably familiar with, um, if you were in the military, when I was in the Air Force, we were taught that we marched across a bridge, so right, everybody was to march out of step. Out of step. Because if anything reaches its, fre- its natural frequency, its harmonic frequency, whatever that is, it will start to vibrate. So just super interesting, uh, NASA's involved, so it's not like these crazy Christian kook archaeologists doing this, right? This is real science, as you want to put in quotes. 
and they've found these scientifically like more accurate than our technology nowadays can do and what you found out with especially like these these pyramids is the type of rocks that were used to build the inside of the chamber are um, partially crystal like granite has crystal in it and you find when crystal is compressed it creates electricity well when you get into these grand scheme sized megalithic structures like the pyramids you find out that it's all harmonics like they're talking about it's tuned to the f frequency are you kidding me and the f frequency like a b c d e f g f um you know the tones and so all these things like work together and and this isn't like esoteric like crazy you know open your spirit animal being up no this is like science right so it's very interesting so everybody was like why are you talking about pyramids with song and dance it's all about frequencies and that is where i would like to get into real quick about um the song by i think it's the beatles i heard there was a sacred chord mm -hmm. that david played and it pleased the lord right but you don't really care for music do you do ya? <laughs> so that's an actual like that's in the Bible, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna read you that quick story about when David played for the king of the time. So you have in First Samuel chapter 16, it starts going. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit had uh, is tormenting him. Saul's attendants said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the lyre. He will play when the evil spirits from God comes to you, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, Find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. So Saul sent his messengers to get Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, and da 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 and he came to Saul, entered his service. Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul went, sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. And then whenever the spirit, um, this evil spirit came on Saul, David would take up his lyre and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. Hmm. So even in, in the Bible, God's word, you hear stories of somehow songs not only make people feel better, but at least in, in the Old Testament writer's view, it had something to do with spiritual stuff. There was an evil spirit tormenting the king Saul at the time, and the only thing that would make him feel better was when David played for him. And then... <laughs> Like, so then you're like, is it only this emotional thing you get out of it? Or is there some kind of frequency, sound, like sonic Oh, like therapy? a vibration that would like cause you to calm down. That's interesting that you say that because um, I have this app called Brainwave that I love and I tell everybody about because it's amazing. Yep. Um, and I got it because uh, my first husband passed away and I had a lot of PTSD and this app um, would help you sleep because it does this thing where it puts off like these vibration and frequencies and you can mask it with like rain and thunder or music or whatever you want to mask it with um, and it'll play for however long you want it to play but you can choose what 
what like are you are you anxious um do you want to be in a deep sleep do you want to be in a lucid sleep um do you are you feeling nauseous like there's all these different like remedies and then you kind of like select what you're what you're feeling or what you're trying to remedy and when you can crank that up pretty high the vibrations and you stick the phone underneath your pillow while you're sleeping and then that vibration um yeah and like you don't hear it because all i hear is like the rain and the thunder but like it it and is that when the demons enter you (laughs) i've never felt entered but it it does make me fall asleep and it does what it says it will and i've done like the lucid dreaming before and the other one lucifer dreaming (laughs) it it, it's it's real like they do it, it does change. The, I've noticed that the vibrations, if based off of what I select, have a differing effect in how I sleep. So, like, I always go deep sleep with rain and thunder all the way up because I just want to go to sleep, and that's really it. But it's it's really interesting. So, like, why if we can do this in an app? Like, in an app, has figured this out to be able to like correct frequencies and like make you feel differently in your your brain for like anxious thoughts and things like that why not other aspects of it so do you want to hear something super interesting kind of creepy? always okay so music throughout the history of music that we can at least recorded find um music was attuned to a certain hertz or frequency it was attuned and um you can find you can google this any day of the week and find this it was attuned to 432 hertz, music was, for example. Uh, so A, B, C, D, you know, the, and I'm sure I'm way off on the tones, but the tones of music were attuned to a certain hertz, okay? I'm going to read you a quick excerpt from this just because my bam- babbling on isn't as good. But So, 432 hertz, known as Verdi's A, is an alternative tuning that is mathematically consistent with the universe I don't know what that means exactly, but at least we figured out that the Earth has a particular frequency, right? Music based on 432 hertz transmits beneficial healing energy because it's, um, it's a pure tone of math fundamental to nature. So it mathematically matches up to just our nature, right? Like the sounds of nature outside, like the natural hummings mm-hmm. and stuff that you would hear from insects? And- um More like when we started developing technology that can... Uh, sense frequencies radio all these different frequencies microwave um, all this kind of stuff we've been able to um measure frequencies a lot better just of the atmosphere and the earth's uh, magnetosphere all these different things and math matches up to them so if we're a sphere and we have this magnetic shield and da 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 it just matches up i i don't know the science i'm i know i sound like i'm babbling but it it's mathematically like been established this is the way it is for a long time gotcha in the 40s 1940s they decided to start changing the the hertz that music is attuned to ab so when you like can measure your guitar to a whatever they started changing it to 440 hertz in the 40s from what was it originally 432 432 so just eight just yes okay and there's a theory that the change was dictated by nazis um or somebody that had some power um and if you look into 440 hertz it's unnatural um it's it's not symmetrical and it actually there's a math uh uh, equation you can do and it actually counts down as opposed to 432 every note a b c d 
it equals like a perfect number each time, nine, 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 nine. When you do it to 440 and do the same things to these frequency math equation things, it starts counting down nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, and then the next nine, eight, seven, six, five, three, three, two. It's really weird how 440 was changed. And so in the 60s, where I'm getting at is in the 60s, America adopted this 440 hertz. So now all music that you hear is tuned to 440, which is an unnatural frequency when before 432 was what music was attuned to. So it seems like in the recent past, for some reason, the globe, at least the global leaders have accepted this like change in frequency to attune all music and it, and it, it, how would when, you change when you the do tune you, you don't cha you change how you tune the your instruments to music uh. so so the the tone is a little bit different if I'm going ah oh, it's now ah uh, like it's just a little bit different okay um, but it makes all the difference so they've done blind studies and they said okay listen to these certain songs and they'll play the same tones and they're just attuned to either 432 or 440. The 440 tunes, people are like, they say it's less, so they're basically played two different uh, tunes to the different frequencies, and then they're asked to do simple tasks. The ones that are to the unnatural frequency sort things in broader and more, it's not as organized. It's more chaotic if you want to use that word. So it's almost as if 440 hertz brings on chaos versus the natural frequency of 432 is the ideal one and man is for some reason maybe trying to change that it's, it's just a weird thing to think about that's really interesting what a weird find yeah it, and I, i've been reading about this for past couple of years but getting into this song and dancing it's kind of fun to bring that up because it's like oh that's super weird that is that's interesting and then you get into in the beginning was the word and the word was god and the word was with god right uh-huh and it's talking about jesus was the word is the word and then you get into, it, it, so if God is the, there's a Godhead, Jesus would be the, the sound or the, the, so God is like, or the spirit is like the thought, and Jesus is the vibration or the sound coming out that, that um, communicates that thought. It's how I like to think of it. But then you think, is the universe, the whole universe is based on vibrations and frequencies, then it's just weird that, like how you can even bring science back to the Bible and how even though it's not trying to teach you math and science in the Bible it still always speaks the truth and it's just super interesting how even the Bible in the most simplest terms can still bring it full circle back to this That's interesting. and the last part of this piece that I'm gonna bring up and then we can talk about whatever is I don't I'm sure many of you listening have watched or at least seen a few episodes of Big Bang Theory, right? Oh, I love that show. Sheldon and all those nerds so talk about string theory. You'll hear string theory in that show a lot. And when you come to, to realize what string theory is, I'm going to play a super quick video. I'm sorry for all these clips. We can do whatever we want with them. But um, here's a clip that kind of explains real briefly what string theory is because the build-up to this, this clip here is they're showing the history of how science has tried to describe the, how the universe works. And so far, certain theories just haven't, they've fallen through, the math hasn't worked all the way. It's worked up to a certain point. And then they come up with string theory and they're like, oh, this has to be it. But it's almost too encompassing because it's including possibly different dimensions. Let's listen to the clip real fast. So very smart people came up 
news story. They asked, what is more complex than a point? A line or a string? String theory was born. What makes string theory so elegant is that it describes many different elementary particles as different modes of vibration of the string. Just like a violin string vibrating differently can give you a lot of different notes, a string can give you different particles. Most importantly, this includes gravity. String theory promised to unify all fundamental forces of the universe. This caused enormous excitement and hype. String theory quickly graduated to a possible theory of everything. Unfortunately, string theory comes with a lot of strings attached. Much of the maths involving a consistent string theory does not work in our universe with its three spatial and one temporal dimensions. String theory requires ten dimensions to work out. So string theorists did calculations in model universes, and then try to get rid of the six additional dimensions and describe our own universe. But so far, nobody has succeeded, and no prediction of string theory has been proven in an experiment. So interesting. String theory seems to be um, the idea of vibrations cause all the different particles, uh, electrons, neutrons, because... You know, we keep trying to break down matter smaller and smaller and smaller. What's an atom? Okay, it's made of a protons, neutrons, electrons. What are those made up of? Let's crash those together and see what the particles are. And da, da, da. We go down to a point where, like, it's not material anymore. It becomes ethereal, like, vibrations, essentially. String theory. But when it doesn't really help scientists, and that video explains why, is, well, it, it, it takes into the reality that there's more than the four dimensions of up, down, out, and, you know, height, width, and depth, it, and time. It takes in ten dimensions. So it doesn't really help us in science in, in the essence that we can determine new things about particles. What are the four dimensions? Oh, uh, so you have, like, up and down, out and in, and then left and right. If you want to imagine three dimensions in your room, you, you have height, depth, and width, and then the fourth dimension is time. So what time should I be there? I know where to be. I know the locale. Now, what time should I be? That's the four dimensions we live in, right? So, math, and I think we've talked about this in one of the other podcasts, but math has basically proven, if you want to go that boldly, that there's at least ten dimensions out there. String theory matches up with that, too, but we just can't perceive those dimensions. It's as if we don't have the either mental or spiritual capacity to view these dimensions. That's why I think angels and demons and all these other things can reside and we don't see them at least. Um, but then you get into, well, if everything's made up of vibrations, then you know maybe things are more connected than we think and maybe that's why these other dimensional realities or beings can interact with us still because they're still connected. We just don't have the per perception to see them. But somehow songs and vibrations and frequencies like our brainwave app can help us it's weird too because they can say like your um that like spirits can communicate with you via the radio you remember the movie poltergeist yeah the tv, TV like TV, yeah things of that nature yeah. that's interesting yeah. oh that's weird and creepy now but it, it shouldn't be creepy it should be awesome because it's all god's creation god controls it all and god created it all so we don't have to fear it because we are children of god and he wants to protect us we do need to protect guard our hearts because everything flows from that right mm -hmm. but we don't have to fear it we it's good to be aware of it i think um and maybe hey if you feel like certain songs or certain things or maybe 
not helping you in life in some way, maybe they're detrimental even, it might be good to reevaluate those things that you're inputting into your body because maybe like on the surface they might not be affecting you, but maybe those things can affect you in other ways that you're maybe not aware of. That makes sense. So I mean like really music isn't bad in general. Absolutely and if you're listening not. to lyrics that maybe you know aren't the the most wholesome, it's really what are you taking away from it? Are you really just like being uplifted and able to like get that workout in, but you're really <laughs> able like to still like decompartmentalize and pray to God and not be like worshiping WAP. Worship and praise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say the words. Um, it's moist. So <laughs> it's your behind and it's a cat. I believe are the three words. You're interesting. Or <laughs> moist donkey cat. So like, it's really not, about like it, that, th- like if you're listening to something that isn't as wholesome, it's really just more like what are you taking away from it? Are you now gonna listen to this hardcore music and then go drive really fast and rob a liquor store, or are you <laughs> just really able now to go punch your punching bag right. and do your workout with it? I mean, so. <laughs> music doesn't make me rob. How liquor is stores. it influencing you? The cocaine makes me rob the liquor stores. <laughs> That's really what gets me going, you know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better because, like, I really like an eclectic um, library of music. And you I've been do, trying man. to pay attention to what I've been listening to now that I have a little ears. Now, at don't home. take this as us being the Footloose people because I, I also enjoy music and I've been known to shake my booty, if I may say so. I can sing the whole WAP song if you'd like me to. I'm not a holier than thou. I'm the, that's my problem, is that I like that type of music, exactly. and I know that it's bad, but then I just feel guilty. You know the I'm first time... to it anyways, because it's on the radio, and it plays in my car. You know you're going to change it all the first time Mateo starts singing those real words. Well, this was really interesting. I think yeah. that... I liked this. This was good. Yeah, so... In summation, singing and dancing, bueno? Good, not bad. Good. It's good. It's good.